Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Big Guy Fantasy Sports, the fantasy football consistency show. I'm your host, Bob Long, as always. And on the other side of the glass, of course, is my good friend down in beautiful Florida, even though it's pretty beautiful up in here in Ohio because it is June. Even though, guess what? Yesterday morning, it was 55 degrees. Uh, three days ago, it was 95 degrees. You don't have that kind of fluctuation down there, do you, Ron? No, I think today today it was 95 degrees. Three days ago it was 95 degrees. Until probably December, it's going to be 95, 95 degrees. So I think right. I think I think the proper term that that we like to use is uh, it's hotter than a crotch. Oh, okay. I was just I, see. I thought you were going with consistency, but all right, fine. <laughs> it it, it is very consistent. Very keep consistent. with the keep with the, the theme. Stick to the script, damn it. Stick to the script, baby. Anyway, so we're back this week. Uh, we were going to do running back uh, preview or reviews uh, like we did the quarterback last week. But uh, this past week, I had the honor. Uh, I attended the FSGA uh, Summer Conference in uh, Detroit at the MGM Grand Detroit, which was a uh, really nice place. I mean, for a non-Vegas place, I was pretty impressed. Um, did pretty well at the actual blackjack table, which has never been my thing, but I won 250 bucks. So that's all nice. I think. Um, but we did have uh, an FSGA um, draft. Uh, it was live on Sirius XM's uh, Fantasy Sports Radio. So if you have that out there, uh, go to the On Demand and search for the FSGA Sirius XM Central Conference uh, event that we had uh, Monday from 2 to 4. And so um, we had quite a, 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 rain, a, a big, big group here. It was 14 teams, which... Always, always is different, man. You didn't, you just don't think that two extra guys makes a difference, but boy, you know, when you think, oh, this, this guy should make it back to me, you, especially if you're there at beginning or end of the rounds. And I was at the end, I was number 12. Um, you just, man, if you want somebody, you better grab them because they're not getting back to you. If you think it's, unless you're just like, you know, way out there and you want somebody that's like four rounds early, that's one thing, but. And you don't know who's going to fall. You don't know. I mean, it's just, it's different. It really is. Um, it was a typical league. So I thought tonight, um, you know, Ron and I would kind of go through the draft. Um, we uh, had, a, a, like I said, a good group of people. Uh, some big names, uh, site-wise, FanDuel, Roto-Wire, Draft Hero, Owner's Box. Uh, a lot of good people there. Action Network, Dan Titus, who I guess has won one of these uh, things before. Uh, then Scott, and then we had this murderers row in the back end, and Ron and I were just talking about it. Here we go. Scott Engel, fantasy hall of famer at number eight. At number 10, Adam Ronis, one of the most well-respected people in this industry, so smart, basketball, football, and baseball, just kills it out there. Definitely one of the best, and also a very good friend of mine. Love, love Adam. Uh, he was out of the 10 spot. I'm drafting 12th. Then we have NBC Sports Edge at 13 with Chris Wilson, and then our boy Howard Bender at 14. So that back end murderer's row, man, I didn't know what to expect. I had to outthink who was going to go where, when, the, you know, I mean, that was tough being in that spot. So, uh, like I said, 14 teams, uh, lineup wise, uh, scoring wise, very straightforward, nothing. So, one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, uh, kicker, and a defense. Uh, and one flex. That was it. Uh, so I got out my flex stuff. So I was very excited about that. Um, so anyway, so I'm going to bring it up on the screen and uh, share it here so that you people can kind of look at the draft board as well. And then Ron and I are going to kind of just uh, discuss it, go through it and uh, 
Well, we're definitely going to break down that first round because, again, that's to me is always key. Um, I don't know if you people always say you don't necessarily win with your first round pick, but you can lose with your first round pick. Um, and so, you know, I thought the start was very typical. Uh, five straight running backs. I mean, these five are going pretty much all the time in that top seven. Uh, it's just a question of what order. Taylor's pretty much always the number one. Uh, Eckler at two, Dalvin Cook at three. I thought was a little sooner than I've seen him most of the time. Usually he's the fifth guy, but then McCaffrey and Henry comes back. I mean, you know, Ron, if you're in one of those five spots, are you taking one of those five guys, or do you feel that when you get to X spot, three, four, five, that you might be going wide receiver instead? I I think it's a little early to go receiver there, and and I can and I think I, I agree with you. You know, you're going to see Taylor and Eckler probably one two. Yeah, I think you might see McCaffrey slip into that two spot, you know, a little bit as well. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't have the ADP right off the top of my head, but I, I don't see a problem with going Cook, McCaffrey, Henry there. I think it's just like you said, it's just a matter of preference. I think if it was me personally at three, I might have loaded up with Derrick Henry just because like, I think that that volume is going to be there nonstop. We've only seen him really deal with big time injuries. Just that one he had last year. It was a big one, but I mean, all the reports are positive from camp course. They're going to be but we don't really see anything that leads us to believe that he's not going to get back to where he was. So I think of those three, just with the injury histories, you know, we've seen with Cook and McCaffrey, we've seen it multiple years. We have not seen that with Derrick Henry. I'll take that chance on it. I hope he's not headed down that road, but it just kind of goes to show you the wear and tear that these guys take, especially when they get that that big load. But I think I would have went Derrick Henry at three, then maybe four. I probably would have went McCaffrey, and I probably would have went Cook at five if it was me. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I guess I forgot at the beginning, Ron has this hashtag Happy Father's Day. So all you dads out there or just people that have been a father to somebody, no matter what, it's uncle, grandfather, whatever. Happy Father's Day to all you out there. I told Ron, so my kids got me their shirt. It says, you can't scare me. I have three daughters. So I think pretty much says everything it needs to say. And I did have my uh, my uh, de- uh, girl dad shirt on today as well with uh, that I got before, too. So. So uh, happy Father's Day, everybody out there. All right, as we move on to the middle of the draft, so now we're at six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. I, again, I have to feel like those three receivers are going in that order most of the time. It's just a question, or not in that order, but in some order or some way that I've seen Cup be first, I've seen Jefferson be first, uh, and in this one we saw Chase go first. So uh, I think the surprise pick, though, at number nine was our was my buddy Matt Deutsch, who came through with uh, before Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, and many other running backs. He went to DeAndre Swift. To say that there was a gasp in the room at that moment would be the understatement of the year. Um, I think there was other snickers of, of words we can't say on these podcasts, but um, boy. Kind of a reach there, but Ron, let's talk about the three wide receivers. I don't think there's any question it's going to be one of those three. And again, in that, you know, whatever order you want it to be. Um, so comment on that. And then um, I I don't think I have to ask whether you think DeAndre Swift, Swift is a reach at number uh, nine, but I'll let you comment. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with kind of those three running backs we talked about. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. I'd be happy with either one of them. I think my own personal order would be Jefferson, Cup, and Chase. But if I'm picking any one of those three spots and I can get any one of those three guys coming out of the first round, I'm going to feel pretty good about it. As far as DeAndre Swift, I don't see a, I mean, I don't see a whole lot that it's going to change his role in the offense. I mean, he's 
you know, he's really re- reliable in the pass game. I think he was targeted 78 times last year. So that's one of the things that does benefit that offense when Jared Goff is in there. If you do have DeAndre Swift, you're going to get a lot of checkdowns and a lot of passes to him out of the backfield. So you're going to benefit from those PPR points. The, he, I think, had a handful of touchdowns. Didn't I don't have the number off the top of my head, but uh, it's something where I'm not taking it. I don't know if he got scared of, you know, the, all these stories coming out about Najee Harris's weight gain, which, by the way, is only about two pounds heavier than he was last year, right. uh, or Joe Mixon or Devontae Adams. I, 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 when I'm looking at that first round, I don't think I would have pulled the trigger on him. I, I might have done it maybe in that second to last pick. I might have picked him ahead of Debo Samuel and Travis Kelsey, but I definitely wouldn't have taken him ahead of uh, Mixon, Adams, and, and Harris. I just don't know. They're, they they upgraded the receivers a little bit, so they could take away a little bit of his his production. But it's it's hard to argue with with what he is when he is in there because he is ultra valuable. I just don't know if he's that early in the first round valuable. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he would have went didn't pick Swift. That Swift maybe would have made it to the second round in that same spot. Um, hard to tell. I mean, I wouldn't have taken Swift. Um, but I don't know. Um, definitely, you know, last year he was 11th or uh, yeah, the 11th place, 69% consistency. Really what killed him last year, just like, and it has been for most years, he can't play a full season. He missed four games last year. So only played in 13. Um, you know, again, when you're going with your first round pick, you got to have a guy that, you know, we, we don't only want consistency in scoring. We want consistency with your butt on the field. And if you're missing four games, and I mean, again, I know that everybody's a risk, but, um, you know, this guy's pretty much missed a few games every year. So I'm kind of worried about that. All right, we round out the first round. Uh, Now we get into the, uh, like I said, the murderer's row. We've got, I was really thinking that maybe Najee Harris would fall to me. Uh, In fact, the guy that was sitting beside me, Tom McDonald, he was talking uh, about Najee. And I go, are you going Najee? And he goes, yeah, I think so. And I go, you know, he's gained a lot of weight. <laughs> okay, it was two pounds more, but it's a lot, right? Anyway, but uh, then Ronis took Dodge Harris. I didn't think it would get past Ronis, but uh, Tom then took Joe Mixon, which was kind of a surprise. Again, I, I like Joe Nixon, but I don't think he's a first-rounder. But uh, then it came to me, Devontae Adams. I mean, at that point, that was really my – that was my choice. I mean, I – I didn't think about Debo. Obviously, I was not thinking about Kelsey. I didn't think Javante is ready. Um, you know, I didn't – Chubb and some of these other running backs are still – have their issues and, when you know, whether Watson's going to play and various things like that. So, I felt like, hey, you know, when it comes to consistency, Javante Adams is very really hard to beat. Yes, I know he went to a new team, but I don't see him slowing down, especially with his, with his bus buddy from college, uh, Derek Carr there. So, Went Devonte Adams, then Debo Samuel went, and then Howard went to Travis Kelsey. Now, this is not a special one and a half points, anything for tight ends, but you know, Howard felt in a 14 team league, you needed a good needed to get a good tight end. I guess so. Um, you know, I'm not gonna argue with Howard because he's been around for a long time and he's very smart. So um, but yeah, he went Kelsey. So what are your thoughts on the end of that first round? Uh, and my pick of Devontae Adams. Love the value you got there with Devontae Adams. To me, he to me, he's right there with those three wide receivers that we mentioned. 
in Mm -hmm. the middle there. And honestly, you can make an argument for taking him, I think, above any of those three if you really want to. I don't see a slowdown. I think he'll benefit from having Hunter Renfro. He's going to benefit from Darren Waller, and he's going to benefit from having that chemistry, like you mentioned, with Carr already. Um, Samuel, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of him. He's talked about he doesn't want to be used as a as a hybrid running back receiver. A lot of his points came from when he right. would line up in the backfield and be able to take it to the house. He's got that ability. So if they don't do that with him, that scares me a little bit. I don't know how much I believe of all that as well. With you know, we talk, we've we've seen him go from he's getting traded to he we love him and we're not dealing him. So maybe that all that talk will go for, go by the wayside. We know how Kyle Shanahan is is amazing at getting these guys involved and putting them in spots to score. So not a bad pick there. Don't know if it's where I would have went. And I, I me personally, I kind of learned my lesson taking Travis Kelsey in the first round a couple of years ago. He fell off a little bit last year, but still. He's right there at that elite mark with the tight ends. And it's it's like we talked about, you know, when we, we mentioned going with him in the first round before, he gives you such an advantage at the position. And and I know Mark Andrews kind of shortened that gap a little bit. I think Kelsey's still an elite player, and you can get an elite player at that position that falls off so quickly. I think you can make a pretty good argument for that. So I think Howard did fine with that pick, especially with yeah. what he followed it up with in the second round. Right. So he follows it up. Um, we won't go through every pick again. Uh, like, you know, we'll kind of spread this out a little bit more now. But, yeah, he turns the corner, um, you know, Javante Williams, then Stephon Diggs. And basically, I just mentioned that because it comes to me then with the uh, third pick in the second round. And, again, this was so tough because I'm like, I had to think, all right, whatever pick I make, I've got to pick the guy that I want that I know won't make it back. Um, And there's a lot of them. And I really thought it through. thought about I actually would have picked Diggs if Diggs would have fell to me uh, and go with Adams and Diggs, but he didn't. I like C.D. Lamb, but I didn't like him that much. And so I had, you know, I'm looking at my list, and I'm going with the bet that either Kamara doesn't get suspended at all or doesn't miss too many games. And so I went Alvin Kamara because, again, it's rare in a 14-team, any any team league in the last three, four years, that Kamara's made it even past the fifth pick in any draft, getting him at 17 just to me was like, I just have to do it. Um, I know that it's a little bit of a risk there, but I felt like, again, in a league like this of this size, I had to go Kamara. Um, what are your thoughts? What would you have done anything differently with that pick? Did you would you maybe went Lamb because you would have felt like now Lamb's my you know wide receiver too? Because I'm looking at, at the receivers that go in that next couple of rounds, and I think I'd feel comfortable with a couple of those guys that, that that were there later on, especially with the advantage that you have with Devontae Adams as your wide receiver one. I, I think that making a pick like that with Kamara, that's the league winner type picks. Those are the things that you got to do to get you know that right. advantage. And you're getting a legit RB1 with the third pick in the second round in a 14-teamer. And I don't think that there's many times you're going to be able to do that. Now, like you said, there is that – suspension hanging over his head and we'll see where that goes and how many games you lose but also you when you get Alvin Kamara it's kind of like with DeAndre Swift you kind of build in you know he's going to have a little bit of wear and tear in his body you might miss him for a couple of games anyway so it might be something that you've already kind of braced for but I think you set yourself up if he's gone you know maybe the first if he's even gone maybe the first three weeks if he's suspended that long we don't know how long that's going to be I think right. you set yourself up pretty well later on with some guys that you can play some matchups and maybe fill in that that production and be okay until you get him back right right and again with only needing two running backs um you can put him as a flex but i 
feel like I got enough receivers to fill that spot. Yeah. Um, you know, there isn't, again, the, the problem is there's not a deep bench because it's 16 rounds, but you have to draft a kicker and, and a um, defense. So basically you're only getting 14 people. You're starting 10 um, and, you know, you're starting eight of them on a weekly basis, you know, and then plus the two um, defense and kickers. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. So as we looked at the rest of it, I mean, um, some surprises, some, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I get it. Josh Allen is going early this year. You know, we've seen this every year. The, the, the star quarterback from the year before gets picked in the early rounds. We've seen him with Mahomes. We've seen him with Lamar Jackson. Now we're seeing with Josh Allen. To me, I have yet to see this work. Because <laughs> I was dumb a couple years and picked Mahomes after his monster year, and he was okay. He wasn't great. Um, wasn't worth you know, missing out on some talented receivers and uh, running backs there. Um, but, you know, again, um, he's good. I just don't think that him or Mahomes or Herbert are worth picking before round five. But, again, that's me, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how that all works out. Um, the rest of the way, you know, Mark Andrews went in the second round at the end of the second round or near the end of the second round. Not a surprise. I mean, as you look at that, again, you know, it's 14 teams. So, you know, guys we see usually in the third round are going in the second round because of that. But are there any surprises or picks that you like that you thought was a good one-two punch coming out of the blocks with any of these teams uh, looking through round two? Not really a lot of surprises. I mean, it's just – I think the case with Josh Allen, as you mentioned before, and this is the case in any draft, you know, and I was I preach this from the, the mountaintop anytime I can – Go get your guys. If you're getting the right. guy that you want and you have a plan that you feel confident in, who cares what everybody else thinks? So if, if you think that DeAndre Swift, Josh Allen, or the one-two punch is going to win you a league, can you stick to it? More power to you. I love to see people do that. Not what I'm going to do, like you said. And, and, and as you were talking about Mahomes, same thing with me. The times that I thought I was the smartest guy in the room and I took Mahomes when everybody mm -hmm. else was, you know, like you said at King's Classic when they play that game of quarterback chicken and you finally bite and you take Mahomes. The times I've done that, it hasn't worked out for me either. I do much better if I load up on those skill positions and, and get my quarterback later on, especially with some of the guys going in round six, seven. I mean, there's even guys that are going round – let me see here. Where'd my guy go? Round nine, ten that I'd be perfectly fine with mm -hmm. having as my week-to-week -week starter. So I'm going to wait on that all day. And you mentioned one-two punch, and I mentioned this off-air, but the owner's box team that picked at number one, that start with Jonathan Taylor and Keenan Allen – I love that. I think that's a great start. You, you, and then you, comes you back with Barkley. And yeah, and, and I was going to mention Barkley. I didn't know, what, know if we want to wait till that was the third round. But no, yeah, that's the guy, that, yeah, guy that went top five, top two, top three, whatever you want to say, if you, just a few years ago. Now I know we've got we've come a long way from then. We've had some injuries. We've got Danny Dimes at quarterback. We've got a mess on offense, but he's your RB two behind Taylor in a, in this type of league. And you, like you said, you need two running backs. I think that's a great RB too. And then even when you look at that team beyond that, I think they, that they did really well, but I love that one, two, three that they've got with Taylor Allen and Barkley. That's probably my favorite one that I see there, but there's also, I mean, you can make a good case for a couple of them the Eckler Evans, Zeke Elliott, you know, Zeke Elliott, right. Saquon Barkley kind of in that same, that same uh, pack there, you know, being your RB too. That's a pretty good value. Yeah, no, I, I felt, um, I said to somebody, I said, man, I wish I was in the, at that end of the draft. <laughs> Cause I like their, I like the way they're they were putting theirs together, um, but uh, yeah, no, nice start. Uh, met Sandy and Ryan for the first time. Super nice guys. Really enjoyed 
hanging out with them, having some beverages. Um, super nice. Um, all right, so we go into round three, and you know, here's where things start rounding out for teams. They start building. You know, are they going to go? You know, uh, two, you know, two running backs, one receiver, or two receivers, one running backs, three running backs. I mean, we didn't, we didn't get. I, I've seen many, many drafts in my past where people will get just you know batshit crazy and you know do three, three or four straight running backs or three or four straight. Uh, receivers that didn't happen in this one and everybody was one you know one 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 or one two one uh, or one two um Mahomes went around three um so as it headed towards me I was chomping at the bit because I saw Michael Pittman continue to fall that was my guy I wanted as my wide receiver too uh, but just like just like Najee Harris got snapped up adam ronis snapped up Pittman. i literally yelled at him from across the room um for that and so then mahomes went which i didn't care but man i was stuck because it's like i really didn't see like if you look into round four or five you know there's no wide receiver two that i had a lot of confidence in um and i've never been one to grab a tight end this early but kyle pitts was sitting there and i didn't like any of their running backs um i thought about josh jacobs but i actually was thinking about josh jacobs coming back to me of course howard took him so that didn't work out um so i took kyle pitts um thoughts (laughs) (laughs) i would sat there after i picked it and it was like you know after it just felt dirty to me because I guess I've never done it. A lot of people were like, oh, great pick. Oh, and I'm like, okay. So I got some love from the crowd there, but I, I wasn't feeling great. I'm still not feeling great. Uh, talk me off the cliff, bro. I'll, I'll try. And I think we've all, I think we've all made those picks too, where you, where you pick and you're just like, what the hell just happened? Cause, cause you start <laughs> to panic too. I mean, you've got a time limit. You can't take all day. Right, you got to right. figure something out. So, I, I mean, I'm fine with it from the standpoint of he's kind of the guy by default. What else right. are they going to do? Who else are they going to get the ball to? So right. I, I think it's okay with that. If it's me personally and I'm looking at a tight end there, I think I would have went Darren Waller instead, yeah, of, yeah, instead that of Kyle Pitts. I, I can't really fault you too much, though, for, for making that pick. I think it's 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 fine. And, and I know what you were saying about the receivers, too. And the thing that sucks about these, these 14 and 16-team drafts when you do these is if you don't get your guy and you start to wait and wait and wait and wait, things get hairy pretty quick. And oh, you miss out on those yeah. wide receiver twos and threes. And I, I think you did okay with the guy that you got as your wide receiver two because he got a pretty significant quarterback upgrade in the offseason. So I think he did all right there uh, coming back at the end of that round. Yeah, I mean, he was the first, you know, we talk about consistency. So Pitts was the first tight end to be over 60% consistent since 2017. So you know, he's got a good solid um, base um, that shows that he he did do well. Um, you know, like you said, they got a little bit of an upgrade in, in um, their quarterback situation. So, you know, again, I hope it works out. Um, I feel like the re- I built the rest of my team up well enough. Now, the sad part, there's no trades in this. Because, um, you know, if somebody would say, hey, I'll trade you, you know, somebody for Kyle Pitts, I probably would trade him because I took Igby in round 12. But um yeah anyway so uh so round four end or round three ends comes back around um 
this is where I made a pick based on the fact that he wouldn't get back to me. And that was Cortland Sutton. Uh, he's my wide receiver too. I like Sutton a lot. Um, Howard and I had a discussion when I was on the Sirius XM, uh, their show later in the day that he felt that, um, you know, we're talking about Russell Wilson and, uh, you know, he said that he liked Judy because he thought Judy, you know, was more stretched the field, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, but let's remember, or he liked Judy. And I said, yeah, but isn't Judy the Tyler Lockett? And he said, yes. And I said, yeah. And Tyler Lockett was 50% consistent every year, even though he's top 15 in scoring. I go, wouldn't you agree that Corton Sutton is the DK Metcalf who was 75% consistent, but maybe didn't score as many points. And he goes, yeah, I agree. And I said, okay, good. So we're on the same page. Cause that's what my thought is, is that Cortland Sutton is the DK Metcalf here for Russell Wilson. And he's, you know, the bigger body, you know, get the ball, contested catches, that kind of stuff. Uh, your thoughts on Sutton and my pick there and now how I'm building my team. No, I like him a lot. And I, I agree with everything you said there. And, and even with, with the, the mess they had at quarterback last year, 98, 98 targets, only holding 58 of those. They were talking about this. I think it might have been the same argument, actually, that they, they were talking about it somewhere. With, or, or no, it was on NFL Network. They were just talking about the lack of being able to move the ball down the field with the pass. And it's kind of remarkable when you see the leading receiver on a, or one of the top two receivers on a team with 58 grabs, your leading wide receiver. Uh, as far as catches, no offense, I think I had a catch or two more. But 58 catches in 16 games is not a lot. And I think that if he's able to do that and get open with a guy like Drew Locke throwing him the football, imagine what he's going to be able to do with Russell Wilson. And we talked about it last week when we mentioned the quarterbacks. I don't mm -hmm. think Russell Wilson has had a wide receiver room or an offensive weapon room like this ever. And I think that it's it's poised for big things as long as everybody stays healthy. So I, I, I think the Sutton – we, as your wide receiver too, there the value on that is 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 awesome. I think that's a really nice pick after that after that pitch pick. All right, so we're going to move down the list here. We 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 round out round four. We're going to come back with round five. Um, again, I didn't see a lot of surprises. I think the only surprise was seeing T.J. Hawkinson go in the fourth round. Uh, I haven't seen him going that high this year so far. But you know, again, we were in Detroit. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I just thought I'd do it. All right, so we come back around. Uh, this, again, uh, tough pick for me, end of round five. Um, <clears throat> I needed an RB2 or wide receiver three. Um, I didn't like what I saw in the remaining wide receiver three realm um, that I felt like I needed to jump on somebody. So I took Kareem Hunt um, as my RB2. And PPR League... Um, you know, really all that was left. I mean, Miles Sanders was sitting there. I have no love for Miles Sanders. You know, most of the talented, good starting running backs are gone. I mean, there's, I would probably have taken Damien Harris if he came to me, mm -hmm. um, but Matt Deutsch took him. Um, so, you know, I still feel like regardless of who quarterbacks in Cleveland, Kareem Hunt's in his contract year. He's got something to prove. They, if Brissett plays, I think he sees more targets, more checkdowns. Um, they really are talking about using both these guys in the backfield at all times. Um, I feel like Hunt's due for the for a very good year. I definitely believe he can earn RB2 numbers. I mean, he's done it in the past, last couple of years. So he can do it. And I went with Kareem Hunt there because, again, when you look at the running backs after that pick, 
outside of Sanders, maybe's a good solid two, but I'm not feeling it. The rest of that group is quite a high mess. Um, your thoughts? <laughs> I, I like everything you said there, and I think it, it makes a good case. I think me personally, where I'm sitting at and looking at what went the next round, I think I might have pulled the trigger on James Cook there. And I think James Cook, despite him being a rookie, despite it being Buffalo, I think he can win that job, and I think he can take that job from Devin Singletary. I don't think Zach Moss is really a factor, and I, I, he's probably who I would have went with there, but I, I agree with you, especially if Brissett is the guy underneath center. They're going to have to lean on that running game. They're going to have to lean on that defense. And as, as far as the wide receivers, too, there's not a ton behind Amari Cooper either. So when you have a guy in there like Jacoby Brissett who's steady, but he's not one of those guys that's going to make everybody better around him, I think you make a good case for him. But if it was me – I probably would have went with James Cook there. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know me, I, I get edgy about rookies underneath the eighth round. But uh, all right, we go into round six. Here was the championship or not championship pick, I felt. Uh, again, I already got a little risky with Kamara. And, and in, as you called it, when you're in these kind of leagues, you just have to make these picks. And it could win you the league. If it doesn't work out, then you don't make the playoffs. But I could not pass up on the fact that DeAndre Hopkins was sitting there in round six, um, again, with really a lot of the receivers after that, that I just like, get it. He's missing six games. It's PPR. Um, I felt like, you know, I went after, you know, I immediately after, um, after that, a couple rounds later, grabbed Alan Lazard to kind of fill that spot for the first six weeks. Um, you know, I also got AJ green in round 13 because he'll be the guy that catches a lot of the passes like he did last year when Hopkins was out. Um, so, I mean, I know they got Hollywood Brown, but AJ is going to be that security blanket for Kyler Murray. Um, what are your thoughts on <laughs> that spot? Is that the, uh, the, that fit the uh, definition of uh, uh, championship or no championship. <laughs> well, just just look down that list of these first few picks. And if, and I, of course you could say this about any team, right. but if everything breaks right, look at that roster you put together. And I want you to stop and think about something you're talking right now. And I know you're going to be without him for six games, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you why that might be a good thing here in a second, but you're looking at Deandre Hopkins as your wide receiver three, a guy mm -hmm. that just a couple of years ago, maybe even as early as last year, I don't have the ADP in front of me, number, round one pick. So right. I think that six games might help him out a little bit because one of the things that aggravates me about a De being a DeAndre Hopkins owner is the same thing that used to aggravate the hell out of me when I was a Julio Jones owner those last couple of years. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is a warrior. He's going to suit up. He's going to get nicked up because he plays physically. And right. there's a lot of times when you start him that he's in there, but he's not doing much for you. Same thing with Julio Jones those last couple of years in Atlanta. Love to see him in the lineup. But there'll be a game where he's got two for 20 because he's got an ankle injury. He's right. on the field, but he's not doing you any good for fantasy. DeAndre Hopkins falls under that category. You're going to be able to plug him as your wide receiver three in, what, week seven? Mm -hmm. And he's not going to have that wear and tear on his body for those first six weeks. I think that's a huge advantage. And if you can piecemeal it together with the Alan Lazards and the A.J. Greens of the world, I think you set yourself up nicely for that that second part of the season. Yeah, no, I hope so. Um even though the sad part is I just looked at my roster because when I was drafting, obviously I didn't pay attention to bye weeks, but I'm missing Kamara, Kyle Pitts, Lazard, Naheem Himes, Curtis Samuel, all in week 14. <laughs> so 
Hopkins better be kicking ass by <laughs> that's for sure. Play on time. Pay attention to that. I was like, oh shit. Then I got a couple guys out in 13. Anyway, all right. Well, we you know, we're we've been using up a lot of time. All right, let me go through the rest of my picks. Uh, and we'll just kind of talk about the team as a whole. Um, so round seven, I went, I finally went quarterback. I was gonna wait and get Stafford. I didn't know when Stafford was gonna go. Again, it was one of those that's the turn. Um, and so you know, if I don't take a quarterback. Um, you know, the quarterbacks after that, after I took Brady were Stafford, Rogers, Carr, Wilson, Cousins. Um, and, and I'm with you, any of those guys would be fine, but I was just panicked that if I don't take one and what if they just go eight, you know, crazy through round eight, I don't get them. So I went with Tom Brady. I'm like, why not? You know, this guy's third in points last year, always top five, top 10 in consistency. Um, you know, he's he's an alien. He's never going to age. So did that, came back with Lazard in round eight. Uh, then, you know, now came the getting some good backups that also could be good fill-ins if necessary. So I went Ronald Jones round nine, Naheem Himes round uh, 10. Uh, you know, now they've got um, Matt Ryan there who loves to check the ball down versus Carson Wentz last year who didn't. So you can see Naheem Himes coming back to that where he was a couple of years ago uh, in a PPR format. Curtis Samuel, uh, Tyler Higby, uh, round 12 is a backup tight end. Could be a flex some weeks um, because he was he was that consistent last year. Like I said, A.J. Green to kind of fill in for Hopkins in the first six games. And then at the end of the round, I mean, then I got the Rams and Ryan Suckup. Um, and then Sony Michelle in round 16, I'm like, well, you know, if everybody gets hurt in Miami, he could be the guy running the ball there. That me, A lot of people were like, when I picked them, they all went, wait a minute. He was available. So I even asked because I was like, Love that. yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. He's like really on the depth chart from a, you know, durable standpoint. You know, he's behind Chase Edmonds. I mean, they've got Mostert. I get it. They got Gaskins. Those guys, you know, Mostert will get hurt just, you know, blowing his nose. Um, so I feel like Sonny Michelle could be playing a lot sooner and, May may end up carrying, you know, be my flex guy quite a bit during the thing. So thoughts on the overall team? Um, any other team in that draft that, you know, kind of caught you like, ooh, I like that team. I know you said something, you know, you like the owner's box team, and I, I couldn't agree more. There were some good ones there in the early uh, part of the rounds. But uh, how do you think I did? I'll, well, I, yeah. I will tell you then after you tell me where I was ranked by, I think it's Fantasy Alarm has a thing button you hit. Okay. It ranks your it ranks the teams. Okay. Well, first of all, when you made that Sonny Michelle pick, that's when you held up your consistency draft cheat sheet and you said, if you a-holes would have had this, you would have known that, but you didn't get your <laughs> consistency sheet. So that's why I got him and you didn't. So I, I think you did fine. I think the depth is good there. I like the Ronald Jones pick. We've talked about that, you know, a couple of rounds later than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think arguably he could put up just as much production. I think there's going to be a lot to go around in that offense with Tyreek Hill being out of there. Naheem Hines, I'm kind of with you on Naheem Hines. I'm not just being a full-on homer with that. I think just because of their lack of adding really anything at wide receiver, I think they're going to have to get back to that. And I think from what I'm reading and what I kind of see, I think Frank Reich is kind of kicking himself because they went away from him last year as he was two years ago very productive in that offense. So I think you'll see back to that. I don't think it's going to be enough to hurt Jonathan Taylor at all. I, I think he's going to be a productive flex play. Curtis Samuel showed some signs of him kind of being back from injury, which is good. I just, you know, Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. I hope that works out well. And, and you got Tyler Higby as your backup, your defense there. And like you said, Sony Michelle, even if nobody gets hurt, 
Sonny Michelle was great as a fill-in for mm-hmm. Cam Akers for the Rams last year. Right. To help them get to the Super Bowl and win that thing. So even if nobody gets hurt, he could still take that job and be the main guy they give the ball to. So I think with your last round pick, throw the dart, you love to get that reaction from that. And I, I think it's justified that you got that reaction on that pick as your as your last one. Even after your kicker and your defense, you're still able to add a guy like Sonny Michelle that has very, very, very much capabilities of putting up RB2, RB3 numbers. Right. All right. So there it is, the FSGA draft. Uh, uh, like I said, great time, great bunch of competitors. I'll def- we'll definitely keep up to date as we go through the year. There is no trading in this league. There are waivers uh, and that kind of good stuff, but there are no, there's no trade. So, um, so we kind of have to go with you know what we got. But like I said, I feel good about the team. Um, I have a, I just noticed I don't have my first buy until week six couple in week seven, week eight, they're all near the end of the, during, probably during, well, I mean, not during the playoffs, but maybe the start of the playoffs. So definitely have to load up on, uh, may have to drop a few guys and get some guys in there that uh, can fill in the spots later in the year. But uh, all right, well, Ron, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, we'll, we'll tip out of here. Yeah, BigGuyFantasySports.com. Come over and check out the all the football stuff that we just got done talking about. Go get your guide, get your expo tickets. Can't wait to see you guys in August for that. Uh, hopefully you got dad, the consistency guide, and he's reading through that bad boy right now, getting ready for that draft with a big smile on his face. Hopefully you hooked him up with that. Also come over for those of you still involved in your baseball season, come over and get my consistency triple play. Got two of those up. Going to get a third one up for you in the next couple of days. I'm going to highlight some people. Maybe I'm going to try to keep it a little bit more towards the guys that might be available in leagues. And I'm also going to highlight a guy that is a call up that I think we're going to see, uh, some pretty solid consistency from, uh, here from here on out. Awesome. All right. And of course you can find me at same spot at, uh, at big guy fantasy sports. Uh, you know, all the articles are there. Uh, just put up all of the uh, undervalued players uh, this week that you can read about the uh, uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And probably next week, this week's week coming up, I'll be doing the flex consistency articles for each position. Um, so if you saw the one on Superflex uh, for quarterbacks in the, Fantasy Football Guy, which, of course, you can get on Amazon.com. Uh, I'm going to be finishing up the rest of them so you can see how the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends will do in a flex consistent uh, flex a league where you have multiple flex players, one, two, or three. You can see the differences and the changes and how some of these guys can actually be very productive for you in the uh, those kind of leagues. So uh, check that out. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Check out the FF Expo at the FF Expo uh, on Twitter. And of course, the fantasyfootballexpo.com. Get your tickets. Uh, we're doing the signups for the Cornhole Tournament at the Friday night party. We only have 20 spots of the 64 left. So if you're going to play, make sure you sign up, um, get registered, get your tickets, and then go and sign up for the Cornhole. So for Ron Rigney, I'm Bob Lung. Happy Father's Day, everybody out there. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week.